there, my dry shampoo divas. It's Erin, and I'm back at you with another episode today with my co-host, Jessica. Hey there. Now, today's episode, I have to be 100% honest, I have no experience with this area we're going to be talking about today, but I feel like I've had a lot of moms talk to me and just struggling with this problem, and so here at Motherhood Adventure, we feel like it's important to deal with things even if they're not things we're experiencing right now. So we're really excited to tackle something that may be a very new problem for both me and Jessica. Right, Jess? I wouldn't say new, but every day brings us challenges. So I'm glad that you're at least bringing this subject to the forefront of my mind to help me because <laughs> I'm struggling. <laughs> So most of our kiddos have been back in school for about a month now, and for some of you, it may be complete bliss. Maybe your child loves their teacher, they just love all things surrounding school, and as soon as they get home, they want to rip open that backpack and tackle the stack of homework they were assigned with no supervision. <laughs> but I think for most of you, that's probably going a little differently. <laughs> I would love one of those children. <laughs> so Jessica, why do you think homework can be such a battle with our kids? Well, I guess I think it depends definitely maybe on the kid. Maybe there are those perfect kids out there. Send them my way. Because so far, James, like he just started preschool and he absolutely loves it. And he gets, you know, his homework page, which is like a coloring page. And of course, he's like, I want to do my homework. I'm so excited. I want to color. And I mean, who who wouldn't like doing that? But with my six-year-old, it seems like it's getting, you know, harder and harder every year that she's been in school. And what started out as like something really easy in preschool, it is now turning into a battle. I mean, especially getting back in the routine of like being in school after a summer break, you know, a break from having to do work, having to have a routine, and you can just basically play all day and there's no schedule and it's just whatever. And then school starts up again and routine starts up again. And then waking up before the sun comes up, like, and all the stresses start over. And I think it's just a really hard transition for kids to get back in that mode of, school and homework. Absolutely. And I think too often we forget that life for kids can just be really frustrating. You know, they're constantly being told what to do, when to do it, how to do it. And I feel like for kids wanting to kind of have their own autonomy, a lot of times they just feel powerless in their own lives. And just like you kind of mentioned having them need to adjust to a new schedule and having an extra workload, you know, because like you said, each grade that they move up, they've got more homework that they're doing. It's more complex. And I think their workload isn't just exhausting for us, but imagine how exhausting that is for our kiddos. Yeah. Yes. So I, like I said, I don't have much experience because yeah, my son just started preschool and it's like, find a find something that's yellow today yeah so I feel like I mean I'm loving homework right now but I know what's coming I know what's coming and I've been you know hanging out with friends when they are going through the homework battle with their kids I mean I was a kid that definitely battled my parents on homework so although I'm familiar with this area and Jess you are definitely way more familiar than I am I do feel like I mean, I feel like I've done a lot of research and I really want to tackle this, even though it's not something I'm particularly experiencing right now. I definitely think there's 
most certainly some mamas out there dealing with this homework battle. So I'm really excited to tackle this today. I love it. I love it. So first, I kind of wanted to jump in and just talk about what we could do to minimize the daily homework battle. Um, I just wanted to kind of run through some general tips, and then we can dive a little bit deeper into maybe some examples of where some of these homework headaches come from. (laughs) I like it. So the first tip I really want to share with everybody is to just cut your kiddo some slack. So I just want you to imagine yourself in this little scenario. You've been working in an office all day long. You have this really important presentation, lots of pressure to get it done, really, really important presentation you're working on. And your boss decides to call your spouse And he wants you to work on this presentation for two hours this evening at home. And so as soon as you walk through the door, your spouse begins grilling you about getting this presentation done and when you're going to start working on it and when is it due and, you know, what has to be in it. And as awful as that sounds, that's probably kind of how our kids feel because they've just been through a long day at school. And then the second we pick them up and they're in the car or as soon as they walk through that door, we're peppering them with, you know, what do you need to get done for your homework? What did you do? And it is this constant barrage of, you know, all this pressure. So thoughts? Rough. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't mean to say it's only stressful on kids. Like it's definitely stressful on parents as well. So I mean, if, you know, a mom has had a long day home with the kids or if she has had a long day at the office, like I think it's great for everybody to just take a minute to decompress when they initially get home so that they're they're not combining all of the stress that is kind of bled together through the day. So, I mean, I do want you to consider that, though. Kids have spent eight hours at school. You know, they've been put through the mental ringer. They've they've just had their poor little brain stuffed and filled the poor little sponges. So I just think we should try to just give them a small break to decompress right when they get home. I just think we need to get their minds off of those responsibilities and really try to take a moment to connect with them. So one way we can do that is by really trying to find out more about their day. And my son at three has already started with the like, meh, like one word answers or, you know, how was this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So (laughs) instead of just asking how was school, I've got a couple examples of some things that you maybe could try asking. So a few of those questions would be, did you learn anything new today? What was the hardest part of your day? What was the best part of your day? What made today different? What did you have for lunch today? And who did you hang out with today? Nice. I love that. Yeah. I can already answer the lunch one because mama <laughs> makes that lunch. But I love those questions. One thing I ask my daughter is, what was something kind that you did for somebody else? And then what was something kind that someone did for you? So that she's kind of thinking outside that. of herself as well. I think it teaches her to kind of have that positive outlook and for constantly be looking for kindness. So I think that's yeah. a great, great question to ask. And I think... Too often when we just say, you know, how was your day? How was school? We're doing another task and we're not maybe paying as much attention as we should be. And so hopefully asking some of these other questions, we can make our children feel valued as we listen to them share about their day. So again, just coming back to giving them time to decompress, I think you really need to evaluate your child individually to find out what 
what that means, what length of time and in what way they do that. But I would say maybe a good starting place until you kind of figure that out might be 30 minutes. And that does not in any way, shape or form mean that we just give them a free pass and, you know, they're just sitting on the couch with somebody fanning them, feeding them grapes or anything. (laughs) I mean, I think that It's just 30 minutes where we're not focusing on homework or any other responsibilities that they have. So I think, you know, sitting down and eating a snack, reading a book, playing outside. Um, For me personally, I would probably avoid screen time. But yeah, I would just make it clear like, hey, you know, there are some activities available after we get our homework done. But yeah, I would just try to do something that just helps them decompress after that long stretch being at school. Yeah, no, I really like this idea. And I'm wondering if there's maybe a way that we could involve our kids more and give them more power in the whole homework experience. I know earlier you were talking about how sometimes kids feel powerless. You know, they come home and they're automatically told like, you've got to get your homework done. You've got to do it this way. This is what's going to happen first and second and third. And I'm wondering if you know, maybe as me as a parent could like sit down and give them the boundary that I expect that homework is going to be done, but maybe give them power in the options as to how they want to go about it. You know, Declan could decide if she wants to just do all of her math for the whole week in one day so she doesn't have to do it for the rest of the week. Or she can decide like, I want to do reading first today or I want to do spelling words first today. And so she gets a little bit more direction in how she feels that she wants to do it. As well as like, you know, what snack would you like while while you do homework? Or just giving her a little bit more power in her choices probably helps her feel a little bit more motivated and in control. Definitely. I think anytime we can offer little opportunities for decision making, we absolutely should. I really like the ideas that you just suggested. And I mean, they could just kind of spurred a couple other ideas for me, you know, like maybe you could even let them pick like, hey, what room do you want to do your homework in? And that could kind of, you know, change things up. Or I think even having like, a jar of really fun writing utensils, you know, all different (laughs) pencils and stuff to like, hey, pick out what what one you're going to do your homework with today. Or, um, you know, if you feel like your child would do well listening to some music softly while they're doing their homework, hey, what type of music do you want to listen to? You know, I think anytime we can have a positive, like fun decision relating to homework, that is a great opportunity. So yeah, I love your suggestions, Jessica. Thank you. Yeah. I found a quote in an article by Today's Parents that I really, really liked. So I'm going to read that and I just want to get your thoughts on that, Jess. Yeah. So this quote says, Your kid's personality, temperament, and learning style are huge factors in how they deal with homework and how you deal with them. If you can identify the roadblocks for your child, you have a better chance of setting up a situation that creates success. Oh, I like that. Talking about that, I'm thinking about, you know, there are so many quote unquote chores that I do around the house that I feel like completely unmotivated to do. And it makes sense that if I'm putting that type of temperament of like, oh, homework, oh, I have to do this, that it makes sense that 
my child is kind of making their own thoughts and feelings about the their quote-unquote chores that they have to do. And I'm wondering if they're is a way that we can use that disdain for the chores that we have to do to kind of have a connection of empathy. Like we realize that this isn't something that, you know, oh boy, I want to do homework. I'm so excited. But it's not like we are like, oh boy, another load of laundry. Like we're so <laughs> excited to get that folded. And and maybe we turn it into that connector of like, ah, mom, I don't want to do homework. I hate homework. And you're like, and I hate doing the dishes, but it's just one of those things that needs to get done so we can continue learning or we can have clean things to eat off of, you know, and I think if you're able to connect with each other, showing them that there's things that I do that I don't like doing, but it just kind of (laughs) needs to get done, that it'll create a lot of empathy and you can still make it a fun experience too. I was just thinking over the things that I do with with my daughter to try to make homework a little bit more of a fun atmosphere to keep it a little bit more light and positive and uh today was a really hard day of doing homework so some of the things let me think that I did with her she came home she chose a snack and I said okay let's do one problem and then have a bite of your snack and then another problem and have another bite. And that kind of motivated her anytime she wanted another bite. It's like, all right, let's try and get another problem done and see if you can get it done before you're done chewing and could grab another bite. And then after she was done with her math homework, we I knew we needed a quick break. So I'm like, all right, quick dance party. You pick the song. Let's jam it out and jump up and down for like the three minutes or whatever that the song was. And then we took some deep breaths. We sat back down and just started on another subject. Oh, I really like those ideas. Those are great. Well, and I think any type of encouragement, like my daughter thrives on like compliments or reward systems. And so like giving her high fives and like, oh my gosh, I love the way you drew that E or... You know, just pointing out little things that she's doing motivates her to continue to do it. And even though I do have my other kids, like I'll try to sit down next to her when I can and like talk with her about like the situation that's going on and the problem of like, you know, there's six cats and then three of them wander away, you know, and we turn it into a conversation and connect with the problem And then we move on to the next one. Or sometimes when she's like, this one's so hard. After we finish it, I bring that this one's so hard comment back up. And I'm like, hey, that was so much easier than what we thought, right? Let's try the next one. I wonder if it's that easy too. Or when Declan's like doing her reading prompts and stuff, it's like, Declan, I am so excited that you're writing this paragraph. I think your teacher is going to love reading this and she's going to love seeing all the things that you're learning. You know, just really try to make it a positive atmosphere, really encourage their motivating process. Yeah, I think that that falls right in place with that quote, you know. You've identified her specific learning style, what motivates her, like what her roadblocks are, and you're then tackling them as an individual. So I really like that you've considered what does ma- motivate her, you know, and that may be different when with your son when he's that age. So I do think it's important that we kind of 
look at them as an individual. And I would say never, ever, ever underestimate. I really like what you said about just remaining positive about the different things in life that we have to do. I do think too often we can be like, really? Why do you have that much homework? Or why would they assign that on a weekend? Or why would they assign that book? But I do think children read a lot off of just our reactions and our our attitudes towards things. And I, uh, I have to throw out an example. When I was in seventh grade, we were assigned to read The Hobbit, which is not my cup of tea. Mine like neither. That's, <laughs> I, I just want to read about murder and such, not sci-fi things. Creepy. And so, uh, I know, I'm all about the true crime. And so it was, I mean, it just was not something I was interested in reading at all. But when I came home, my dad was like, <gasps> you get to read Tolkien? And he was like, we will read it together. And it was like such a big deal to him. And I loved spending time with him. And so even though I despised that, you know, he, this author describes every vein and every leaf on every tree, the book could be half the size. I, I felt a better attitude. I wanted to read it every night because it meant I got to spend time with my dad and it was something he was very passionate and excited about. And so I think that's, that is never a book I will reread in my life. But I, like my dad's optimism about helping me with that project went a long way. So I think never underestimate, like underestimate our ability to help our kids feel more willing to do homework. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I love that. I I love that you even got to connect with your dad and it stuck in your memory. It's a big deal for you. And so what ways are we showing up that could turn out to be a big deal and a memory keeper for our kids? Exactly. Yeah. I never would have thought I would bond with my dad over The Hobbit, but here we are. (laughs) And we still talk about it. I mean, you know, 30 years later, we're still like, hey, do you remember that time we read The Hobbit? Erin, so, okay. it has not been 30 years later. <laughs> okay, basically 30 years. <laughs> Don't paint me that old. <laughs> not yet. No. Oh, 20 years later? 20 years later? Yeah. 20 years later. Erin, yeah. you're still aging us. <laughs> 10 how- years later. 10 years later, here we are. <laughs> Maybe like three years later. Like we just graduated, right? Yes. Uh, So along with that quote that just talks about identifying roadblocks, I want to talk about some some just general roadblocks. And I'm just going to go through some different scenarios. And maybe you can tell me if any of these sound familiar to you. So I kind of gave them some funny little names. So the first one is the Midnight Magician. So a Midnight Magician has a diorama of the Cretaceous period that was discussed three weeks ago in class, and yet it's 8 p.m. the night before this project is due, and you're just finding out about it. So here you are at 9 p.m. standing in the checkout line of Target with foam sheets, glue sticks, (laughs) felt, paint, wondering how in the heck you are going to get any sleep tonight. Oh yeah? my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I mean, not as bad as that yet because luckily my daughter's teacher and I are our besties as we would put it for Declan, but I know in the future there are going to be times when like my teenager who I expect to tell me when big projects are coming up are going to spring it on me like, "Hey, this is happening." And I'm like, "What? Why didn't you tell me weeks ago?" <laughs> Exactly. So I think 
in my reading, what I kind of found is if you're dealing with a midnight magician, it's important to still connect with your child, just like we've discussed previously. So you should be having conversations with them about homework daily. And like I said, shouldn't be right when they walk in the door. But I cannot reiterate how much you need a consistent system for homework. You need a routine so that your child is clear on the expectation and so that you don't have this constant stress of homework hanging over you either. And so that's going to look different for each family and honestly, probably a little different for each child. But that could mean, okay, every day at five o'clock, we're going to go through your book bag together and we're going to put all of your homework for the week on a whiteboard. And once that's completed, your child gets to, you know, wipe it off the whiteboard or whatever it is. But There's tons of options. There's lots of different printables out there on Pinterest and things, but I would say find a consistent schedule that works for you and a system that works for you to talk about homework and find out what the tasks are for, you know, the day, the week, whatever, and then find a good system to also get that completed. If they have a routine of, We always talk about it around this time. I'm always doing my homework kind of at this time. That's just going to help them and it's going to hopefully minimize a little bit of the battle and definitely minimize the number of, you know, midnight magician moments that you have. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the next one I have is the sprinting scholar. And this child doesn't really put up a fight when you ask them to do their homework In fact, they zip through it at the speed of light. And just when you're thinking, whoa, that was really easy, you look over their homework and you realize that was really easy because in their mad dash to the finish line, they either one, didn't complete their homework or two, they have rushed through it and have not done it correctly. I haven't experienced this one yet, but it definitely was the type of child that I was growing up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. So it may seem like a pain to have to skim over your child's homework after they've completed it, but I think that this is a huge part of the homework process. I think it's a great opportunity for us knowing where your child's strengths are and where maybe some of those roadblocks are for knowing where we need to lend some extra support. And if your child zips through an assignment and leaves it incomplete or incorrect, I think it's also important to help them understand that they actually lost time by having to go back and correct it. And so help them to recognize that now they're having to sit down and go through it you know, more slowly, more thoroughly, do it correctly, and they actually are spending double the time. So... I think that it's really important to help them understand that it's really not saving them any anything by, you know, zipping right through it. Yeah. My daughter's teacher has a saying that I use with Declan often. She says, do it nice or do it twice. Oh, I love that so yeah. much. That's so cute. <laughs> See, and on your cute little organizational board, you have it at the top. I don't even need that for my kid yet, but I'm kind of (laughs) wanting to put that on a sign right this second. (laughs) Okay, so the next type that I'm going to talk about is the stressed scholar. So this child gets easily overwhelmed in the initial stages of homework, and it makes it very hard to proceed until the end. They either don't understand the work or they're holding themselves to such a high expectation that the thought of not doing the assignment well may keep them from doing it at all. Which I, I honestly, if I'm, you know, being truthful here, I did not realize that there were kids that struggled with this. Like, 
fearing that they would not be able to perform at a level that they wanted to. Um, so that just shows I was not a, a very good homework doer. <laughs> I was like, I don't care how well I do it. I'm just going to get it done. <laughs> oh, no. This is this is my daughter. She is a very anxious, perfectionistic child. And she struggles because she's like, I have to get it perfect and I can't get it wrong. And it's it was kind of a little bit about how I was. I was really fast and then I was so fast because I wanted to avoid the emotion of anxiety. So I was like, if I just get it done, then I don't have to worry about having to do it perfect or, um, you know, just that feeling of like, I've, I, I want to do it right. I want to please my teachers. And so sitting down with Declan now and kind of having that feeling of just like, all right, Declan, let's just speed through this. I'm like, no, Jessica, clearly she's feeling anxious about this. We just need to like get her zoned in. Let her know that making mistakes is okay. Letting, you know, letting this process become something for her so it doesn't, I guess, continue on into her adult life or as she goes because it's still here with me. <laughs> I I agree. And honestly, this is something I didn't struggle with as a kid, but I struggle with it now. So I mean, if your child has perfectionist tendencies, they may be setting the bar too high for themselves. And I do think just like you said, we need to take time to remind them that it's okay to make mistakes. That's how we learn. We learn through our mistakes. And, you know, many children do learn a perfectionist characteristic, they they may learn that from one parent or the other. <laughs> um, and so how you handle mistakes on projects is huge. I was thinking about this because I, I struggle with this now as an adult. You know, I'll be writing our weekly menu on a whiteboard and I'm like, oh, that A looks weird. And I will literally rewrite a word four times, even though, frankly, me and my husband are the only ones that are going to see our menu. Mm-hmm. And so I just think, Like we have to be careful because I feel like our kids are always watching. They're always kind of observing and picking up on behavior. And so if I'm obsessing over how I wrote an A, then, you know, I could likely be setting my son up to be like, oh my gosh, the bar is so high. If I mess up an A, what if I'm writing this in pen, you know? (laughs) And so I do think we just, we need to be encouraging. We need to be positive. And I think with particularly this struggle, it's probably important not to just hover over your kids. You know, I think that may make them feel a little too much pressure. So I think they just need to be reminded that homework is meant to be a learning experience. It it can have fun. It, it can have a fun element to it. So I think that that's huge. I agree. Okay. So I think that it's really important to also take the time to get to the root of what's stressing your child out about homework. Um, In the one mentioned above that we were talking about with a stressed out scholar, um, we kind of talked about the perfectionist aspect, but there's also an aspect of kids that don't even want to start on homework because they already know that it's a principle they're not going to understand. And I think it's it's really important that we take the time to find out where that stress is coming from because sometimes our child may not be understanding a concept and they may need some extra attention at home. They may need extra attention at school. As a child, I had struggles that made certain learning concepts feel impossible. Math was very overwhelming for me and 
you know, I think the hardest part about math is that generally they teach you one principle and then you continue to expand upon that principle. And so I wouldn't understand the first step and then my teacher's explaining the ninth step and I'm just like, well, what's the point of this? Like it just felt hopeless and I would honestly just give up. And so then when I didn't understand any of the discussion, I would be not even wanting to crack open that textbook because there's no way I'm going to understand that. And so I do think it's important to consider that there there may be underlying struggles at play and we need to take the time to identify if there, if there are any of those. Um, we have so many incredible resources now. So I think if you find out your child is struggling with something that may be affecting their ability to learn, there are so many resources you can tap into. And don't be afraid to see what's out there that may be able to help your child be more effective at learning. So I like it. I think one of the best resources that you can use is your child's teacher. Like I said before, my daughter teacher and I, we call each other best friends in front of Declan. Oh, you mean my best friend, Mrs. Peoples? We email all the time. We're always talking because I know that she sees my daughter at school. And so she knows what motivates her at school. She knows what motivates her when um, she's amongst peers and what she's doing great with, how the teacher's teaching it, what might have been missed. And so me leaning on the resources that the teacher has, I'm able to continue that at home and utilize a lot of the things that she is teaching so that I can re-emphasize it at home so my daughter gets the same message across. You know, this is how I learned it at school. Well, it makes sense that this is going to be the way that I learn it at home. And I know that takes that extra step of like really getting to know the teacher or just having a good relationship with those that are teaching your kids so that the concepts flow quite easily with the kids and they don't have the stressors of, well, my mom taught me that it's this way and it's so much easier because this is the way that she learned in school versus, no, this is the way that our teacher teaches it. I'm understanding it this way better. It just continues on. Yeah, that's something I hadn't even thought of. But I definitely think tapping into that. Um, I mean, again, my son isn't even in elementary school yet. But even at daycare, you know, there were times that I would drop him off and I would say, hey, just so you know, we've been working on the color blue this week. And then they kind of helped to reiterate and support me in that effort in, oh, I'm going to work I'm going to specifically recognize and point out things that are blue this week or kind of quiz him while he's here. So I think having, like you said, the consistency of home and school and just having them learn kind of in the same method, having that consistent, fluid, I I think that's great. That's such a great suggestion to reach out to the teacher. So well done, Jessica. Oh, clap, (laughs) clap, clap for me. (laughs) Okay, so the last roadblock I want to talk about is the stubborn smarty pants. So this child (laughs) refuses to do homework, not because they forgot to, not because they don't understand how. This child simply doesn't do it because they don't feel like it. They are simply choosing not to. (laughs) Okay, this one is my daughter too, I feel like. (laughs) Because it is the struggle. It's it's rough. <laughs> and I honestly, I think a lot of parents probably struggle with this one. Mm-hmm. And in reading through these, I was like, oh, man, this has to be one of the most frustrating situations because 
yeah, there's not there's not another roadblock that you can immediately see other than their ability Desire. to be stubborn, you know? Like yeah. they just don't feel like doing it. Um I think I mean, as far as this one is concerned, I think it's really important that we remain calm and that we maintain a positive attitude surrounding homework. I think it's probably easy to get agitated or to kind of let some of that frustration show because there isn't, you know, a roadblock that's kind of keeping them from doing it. And so you're like, just stop being stubborn or stop being whatever, just do it. Mm -hmm. But with this situation, um, yeah, it's just, it's really important that you keep that positive outlook. And it may be common to run into a mentality of, I'm never going to need this, or why do I have to learn this? <laughs> so it's really important to help your child understand the basic need for some of these skills. And for an example, I I hated geometry. I mean, I was awful. I still am awful at math. But my mom would sometimes put it into context for me. Because I would, I would say, this is so dumb. Like, why, why do I have to do this? I'm never going to use it again. I want nothing to do with math for the rest of my life. And my mom would say, but you want to go study design. And so you're still going to need to understand measurements if you're going to go study design. And, and if you do really well in this class, it can help you get into a better college. And so I think we don't have to say, oh, no, you're going to use this. I think if we can help them to understand, hey, this could actually benefit you you've got to put in the time, then I think that's helpful. But I think just trying to find a way around, like, you've got to do it. So let's just hop to it. Let's do it. Let's get it done. Yeah. And I think that's where the motivating factors come in is like, you know, well, first of all, I guess, like, how are you portraying homework? And like I brought up earlier, and then as well as like, how are you using that homework to connect with your kid? Earlier today, Declan was like, oh, I don't want to do spelling. I've done it like every day. I have to rewrite like the same word over and over again. And it's like, all right, Declan, let's switch it up today. You and I will both grab a piece of paper and we'll say the word and then we'll both write it and we'll see who spells it correctly. Because who knows, maybe I forgot how to spell that. Or, you know, just comment and like, you know, oh my goodness, I can't believe you're learning this much. And I'm so impressed with the effort that you're putting in. Or comment on like, oh, that's the weirdest way I've seen math. Like, this is how I used to learn math. And like, maybe both try a different way of doing a math problem and seeing if you both come up with the same answer, even though you're doing it differently or it's taught differently. Like, I feel like you can take anything and turn it into a game or turning it into a way to connect. And sometimes it is a chore, but see what's around you that can turn it into a good experience. Yes. All the yeses. I think that the biggest piece of advice I would have with any homework struggle is just to be there, you know, connect yeah. with your child really look at them individually, find out what motivates them, you know, look at what roadblocks they're hitting. And, but I mean, I come back to, you just have to be there. You have to be willing to learn a concept that they're learning. You know, that might mean taking 15 minutes to read through their textbook so you can figure out what the heck you're trying to help them through being as, you know, you've been out of high school 
not 30 years. We've only been out two, obviously. Mm -hmm. Obviously. So, you know, you have to be willing to put in that time. (laughs) My mom once, when I was in eighth or ninth grade, I just was like not getting math done. And I remember I was sitting at my desk and she sat on my bed for three hours. (laughs) She sat on my bed for three hours. And she just sat there until I finished my math. I mean, not in like a, I'm going to stare you down interrogation way, but in a, hey, I'm here. And if if you're not going to sleep because you haven't gotten your homework done, I'm not going to go to sleep because you haven't gotten your homework done. And she didn't really like sit down and do it with me. But she was kind of like, hey, this is important. I'm going to be here while you get it done. And I think we just need to show kids that homework is important to us and teach them not to give up, but more than anything, just be there. Be there for them and let them know that it's important. So I love that. And if I can also just say, because I've got multiple kids, and so I understand like if there's other moms out there that's like, how can I sit there on my kid's bed for like three hours if I'm nursing and if I'm changing diapers and if I have to feed a kid and like I would think check in every now and again or put the kids to bed and then visit with your child and review over things. I don't want moms out there to feel like this overwhelming pressure of like well if I want my kid to enjoy homework I have to neglect all the other children around me. Yeah, definitely I don't think not. that's what we're <laughs> trying to say. I think we just know a lot of the benefits of like connecting and connection really helps build a bond and motivates your child. But when my kid is screaming, I'm like, I'm going to need another five minutes to go take care of that kid. And even if I've got the baby bouncing on my hip, my daughter knows I'm there. My daughter knows that if she has a question, she can come to mommy and mommy's going to take care of it with her as soon as I have the the time. So yeah. I'm hoping that this doesn't turn into like an overwhelming no. episode for moms. Yeah. And I would definitely keep in mind there are seasons in life. You know, when my mom spent three hours in my room, my youngest brother was like, you know, older. She didn't have any babies. It, yeah. So I think it's it's keep in mind like this homework stage is going to change and you're going to hit different roadblocks and you're going to have different struggles. And being there doesn't necessarily mean sitting in their room for three hours being there may mean hey we just have that 15 minute conversation about homework but you're there you're present it's it's not a matter of time it's just a matter of are you consistently showing up and being involved and connecting with your kids and if you're doing that then I think you have a much much better chance of them really wanting to get involved with homework and much less of a of a homework battle. Yeah. If you guys have any tools that you have found helpful, we would love to hear from you. We're always looking for new insight. So feel free to reach out to us with anything, any struggles that you're experiencing or any tools that you have found helpful in your homework battles. We want to be a part of your adventure too. So submit your topics, questions, or silly stories to us at motherhoodadventurepod at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Become part of our mom tribe by following us on Facebook and Instagram so you don't miss a mess-filled mom moment. Thanks for joining us through our journey of tantrums, triumphs, and teamwork. Till next time.